everyone, good morning. It's Monday, the 20th of August, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only twice-weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, episode 46, to kick off the second season of this show, or if you're across the pond, I suppose, the second series. But in any event, the important thing is this. Hard to believe the show launched back in February. We're now 45 episodes behind us as we look forward to this second season. And I have to say, I'm really thrilled to be back here because I realized a thing. Um, you know, after doing 45 episodes uh, last season, our first season, um, I've really missed it. It's been obviously a great summer holiday. I hope you've had a great break as well. But I realized doing so much, investing so much time and energy and sort of really passion into this show. Um, yeah, I really started to miss it, sort of like a good but new friend. So I hope you're as excited as I am as we kick off this new season. So without further ado, let's dive in. But first, a few exciting things to share with you. Right, so first things first, in case you missed it as we closed out the last season, Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue now has its own dedicated official website over at, wait for it, markhogue.com. That's just my name spelled out in full, M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G.com. Go ahead and check out the website. Subscribe to it. Uh, it's a great place for episode summaries. And, and of course, there's a place for discussion as well in the comments for each episode listing. Carrying on then, I'm really thrilled to announce that Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue is finally live on Twitter. Yes, we are now part of the Twitterverse. Well, it turns out that Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue was far too long for a Twitter handle. So the official Twitter handle of this show is Autonomous Hogue. I actually rather like it. I think it's a bit catchy, tongue-in-cheek. Uh, at any event, make sure you go ahead and follow it. I'll wait for you now. Come on, go ahead. Don't be shy. I hope you've headed over to Twitter and followed Autonomous Hogue. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, please make sure that you do, because all future episodes will be tweeted on Twitter, and of course, I promise to engage with, as quickly as possible, effectively in real time, to any and all tweets, direct messages, or other such mentions that come my way. So please do follow me on Twitter, at Autonomous Hogue. Next up. So this is a bit of a delicate thing, but I really want to throw it out there for you. Um, as you might remember, I record and host these podcasts using the fantastic service Anchor.fm. Well, they, uh, the good folks over at Anchor.fm have just rolled out a really great functionality, which allows us podcast producers to, well, ask for your listener support. Um, Plain and simple, they've made it real easy for you guys to uh, support this podcast optionally, if you feel like it, if you'd like to, um, by simply uh, pitching in a small monthly amount. There's three payment tiers, um, $0.99, cents, $4.99, and $9.99 cents per month. You can sign up for and cancel at any time. You can always request refunds from Anchor.fm if you like for any reason. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, every episode, just as a friendly reminder, I mean, the, the the fact is, obviously, you know, it's all good and well to have the fantastic, rapidly growing listener support that I've enjoyed, thanks to all of you since launching back in February. But obviously, going forward, it goes without saying that producing these podcasts does take time and obviously money um, on my part. So to the extent that any of you felt like you're getting very real value, or at least some sort of 
twisted form of entertainment out of these podcasts, I would certainly appreciate um, your contributions, your support to helping to not only maintain, but to continue to further grow and develop the show. Speaking of growing and developing, one thing I should share with you is YouTube. So in a sort of blink or you'll miss it moment as we closed out the last season, um, I did mention, I think, that I was planning on rolling out a YouTube channel for this show. And, well, the good news is the channel itself is actually up. It's live. There isn't anything there yet. I'm hoping that this episode will be the first. Um, Initially, it's probably just going to be nothing more than an audio transcription of the show with, of course, subtitles so you can uh, read as you go. Um, Alternatively, you can just listen directly on YouTube. But going forward, and if indeed people seem to like it, I'll probably do a few test runs. Maybe. This is not a promise. Maybe. Um, Actually, have a live video of me uh, actually speaking the podcast. It'll be a video of me recording the podcast as I do the podcast, just edited for sort of continuity uh, content and so on. But, um, yeah, so look, there's a lot that I look forward to doing on this show, really growing it and evolving it, getting more guests, of course. For those of you with whom I've spoken in the past, um, please don't think I forgot about you. I do have you queued up. Obviously, many of you have written in during this past one-month hiatus, and I will be responding to you, so please do check your emails in the coming days. But thank you all for your uh, for your feedback, your input. I'm absolutely blown away and thrilled at the not only just the number of uh, feedback that I've received, but the depth and quality, in fact, the length of the feedback that you've all written to me privately. Um, so this is really fantastic stuff. It's really great. So again, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, um, the sense with which I am kind of testing these waters to see whether you'd be willing to pitch in a bit to help support this podcast and of course, continue to grow it. So thank you so much for that. Um, anyway, I think it's more than enough. Let's dive in, get started with some new topics, shall we? Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so to kick things off for the first segment of this new season, I want to discuss an article over at Harvard Business Review titled, To Make Self-Driving Cars Safe, We Also Need Better Roads and Infrastructure. Now, if this sounds familiar, well, that's pretty impressive. It means you actually read my articles, perhaps over at Medium, maybe uh, on Quora or on LinkedIn, because a while back, oh, wow, quite a while back indeed, February of 2017, it looks like, um, I published an article titled AVRIS, and that's an acronym, A-V-R-I-S, the U.S. Department of Transportation's bold initiative to upgrade roads for self-driving cars. And in this article, I discussed the admittedly fictional proposal um, that I called AVRIS. It's an acronym which stands for Autonomous Vehicle Road Improvement and Standardization. Come on, you have to admit that sounds pretty legit. The idea being that when you look at autonomous cars, while hardware and software development are obviously necessary, they are perhaps not sufficient, and that we need to go one step further and consider upgrading the actual road infrastructure, including, well, not just road surfaces and lane markings, but of course, signage, signals, uh, and so on. And um, 
you know, I, I don't think it's that outrageous a proposal because when you think about it, I mean, you go back a hundred years and you see, you know, when the automobile first rolled out, um, obviously we had just dirt paths and it turns out that these cars needed rather more durable roadways. And so we started to pave roads and eventually we rolled out things like lane markings and signage. Uh, we ended up with stop signs to prevent people from dying in intersections. Um, then we rolled out stoplights eventually censored stoplights to help traffic flow and that kind of thing, right? So it's, it's not like it's any sort of huge leap to propose that, uh, you know, road and traffic infrastructure evolve at the times. And, uh, you know, once upon a time, we needed a certain set of infrastructure upgrades for cars. And now as we enter the uh, autonomous car era, we need further infrastructure upgrades, right? Um, so, so anyway, so that's what I wrote about back then. Um, and, this HBR article, which I really recommend you have a read, as well as my article, of course, um, is really pretty on point, and I generally agree, uh, because of course I do, um, and I like the extent to which the article mentions the need, or at least the suggestion, that such infrastructure upgrades obviously need to be rolled out in phases over, admittedly, a, a long time, um, and kind of going along with that, the the you know the 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 legality for allowing autonomous cars similarly gets rolled out in phases so as we've discussed many times on this show obviously autonomous cars are absolutely going to roll out in phases firstly they'll be allowed on dedicated lanes on highways and then eventually all lanes on highways um eventually then they'll be allowed on sort of large you know large kind of urban boulevards and avenues uh, and only eventually down the road, uh, sorry, pun not intended, will they be allowed for really dense urban cores. Think downtown San Francisco, New York, Boston, that kind of thing. Um, those, of course, being the most challenging, which, as an aside, is why companies like Cruise Automation are tackling such urban environments, first of all. Um, so, yeah, so, so I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the concern is this, right? So it's like no matter how good your onboard hardware and software suites are for the cars, you're still going to be limited by what can be perceived in the world around. I mean, even humans can't really drive on thoroughly snow-covered roads. Obviously, if the fog gets thick to the point of zero visibility, you can't drive there either. Those of us living here in... Um, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area, yes, we get less fog than we used to, but we certainly do still get it, and it can be it can be bad to the point of being dangerous, right? Certainly if you drive up and down through the Central Valley of California, there's that infamous Thule fog, which can quite literally go to zero visibility in about as many seconds. So, you know, even humans can't deal with certain scenarios, um, so it's not too much of a stretch to imagine that computers can't either. Um so, so it's a very real thing, a very real need to enable cars to better see and interact with the world around them. And you do that by starting at the root of the problem. You do it by standardizing roads as far as not just sort of the lane markings for the cars to read better, but also upgrading the road infrastructure as far as signage and lighting systems, right? These need to be smart systems. These need to communicate with the vehicles. The vehicles themselves obviously need to communicate with each other and back to the roads and the signage. So... Nobody is suggesting for a second that this be done overnight. Obviously not. That would be a tremendously huge undertaking, and it would take just sort of obscene amounts of, of money and work. But obviously, that you kind of rule this out gradually over time, 
And obviously, I realize certain places, certain countries will have a much more challenging task than others. I would suggest that here in the U.S., for instance, we will have a much more difficult job doing this than, say, Germany, where, well, everything is just basically perfect as far as road design goes. And I think German roads, for instance, will be, you know, more of those roads will be more easily sort of interpreted by cars than, say, here in the States, where things are basically broken everywhere and not properly marked anyway. So... Uh, you know, obviously this is a big challenge, not least of which well, we have rather more roads and land area than Germany has to deal with, for instance. But again, this just kind of goes to the point that, okay, don't need to do it overnight. Roll it out gradually in phases. And I think this will go a long way towards improving roads. Anecdotally, if this sounds also kind of familiar, you know, Elon Musk mentioned a challenge very much on point to this when developing autopilot for Tesla, which is, you know, for those of you who live in the Southern California region and actually kind of all over California, it's really become popular for our highways to be paved not with black tarmac, against which can then be painted the high contrast white and yellow lane markings, but to use rather concrete, uh, which of course is essentially gray, kind of a grayish white. Uh, well, it doesn't require much of a leap to imagine that, you know, even if you've never seen this before, white lane markings on essentially grayish white concrete doesn't exactly speak to high contrast visibility. So obviously this is then a really big challenge for any autonomous car system to read the lane markings. Um, anyway, this is a whole nother discussion, but just something to think about um, as we kind of roll out autonomous cars and really kind of do what we can to ensure the rollout is smooth and to do so that we have properly upgraded infrastructure. Uh, let me know what you think about this and how you think this is going to go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Uber. Um, when last we talked, uh, we were still in the ongoing drama following Uber's tragic collision uh, between one of its autonomous Volvo XC90 test vehicles and a pedestrian with her bicycle in the middle of a street in Tempe, Arizona, in the middle of the night. Um, obviously, there was much sort of confusion as to what was going to happen with Uber's self-driving test initiatives and indeed the program as a whole. And recent news that, uh, at least to me anyway, the rather surprising decision has been made to shut down Uber's self-driving truck division. This really does surprise me. I, for one, have often gone on the record suggesting that it made a lot of sense to, first of all, roll out self-driving uh, car tech in the autonomous trucking space, and then, little by little, to roll it out for consumers. So I'm a bit surprised to hear this happen. I'm not altogether disappointed. In fact, quite the contrary. Uh, to be super clear, um, I, for one, as have made quite clear on the show, I'm, I'm, I'm giddy excited at the prospect of autonomous cars coming as quickly as possible for the consumer. Um, but I did believe that rolling it out for trucking first was certainly, I think, the safer option, uh, if only because, well, when you're transporting freight rather than humans as cargo, so to speak, well, that's rather less risky um, if you were to put them on sort of some sort of a scale, right, of, of risk. Um, 
So I'm actually really surprised to hear this, and it's especially bizarre considering the really uh, dramatic way in which uh, Uber's self-driving truck group got put together, right, with the uh, acquisition a while back, um, the really controversial acquisition a while back of Auto, the self-driving truck company launched along with the help of Anthony Lewandowski, formerly from Google's Waymo division, who essentially is the godfather of LiDAR itself. So anyway, it's a really convoluted story. Um, Frankly, it's a bit much to get into now, but the short of it is it looks like the trucking division is done with. And on the flip side, though, it looks like Uber has finally relaunched uh, the autonomous car testing program in Pittsburgh. This, of course, where the autonomous tech group of Uber is based. Um, it's it's a different sort of testing methodology they're going about with this time around. Uh, so, for example, they're still going to be using Volvo XC90 vehicles, but these are going to be driven manually by humans um, using new safety standards, including such things as real-time monitoring of its test drivers. The idea being they just simply can't afford to allow another tragic collision, of course, like happened in Tempe, Arizona. So, I don't know. What is this? Two steps forward, one step back? Is it uh, one step forward, two steps back? I really don't know. Um, Again, I I think I made a lot of sense to start with trucking first. I'm surprised it's been shut down. Uh, On the flip side, obviously, it's really good. They're continuing to, after all, move forward with autonomous self-driving vehicles with their Volvo XC90s. Speaking of trucking, as an aside, it looks like, uh, for those of you who may be wondering, it looks like Uber also had another company called Uber Freight. I actually did not know about this. Um, Turns out this is a business unit. It helps truck drivers actually connect with shipping companies, load pickups, and so on and so forth. Uh, So totally unrelated to any of this at all. But the actual autonomous trucking division, that itself appears to be shut down, or at least on indefinite hold for now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So a concern has been raised by the good folks over at 2025 AD, a really fantastic website. I've mentioned them in the past. They've got an article now. It's titled Ethical Dilemma. Will BMW give up fully autonomous cars? Uh, I don't like this title because I think it's a bit... I don't want to say clickbaity, but it kind of sort of is. Um, and I guess the concern was tipped off by, well, BMW board member. His name is Ian Robertson. He says, uh, apparently in a quote to Autocar magazine, that um, well, he says, imagine a scenario where the car has to decide between hitting one person or the other. What's it going to do? You obviously can't access the diary of one and ascertain that they're, say, terminally ill, for instance, and then that should be the one to be hit. Here I'm paraphrasing a bit. But... Um, and obviously what he's doing is referring, of course, to the infamous trolley paradox. Again, that says sort of, you know, say a, there's, a, there's an autonomous car driving down the road and suddenly in front of it, it sees there's like, I don't know, say a bunch of school children and to the right, it sees, say, a grandma crossing the road. Who's it going to hit if it has to pick one uh, or the other? I've actually written and discussed this in length in the past. A uh, quick summary of my personal view on this is, first of all, this is an absurd fringe case because it's improbable to the point of being 
pointless beyond a mere academic discussion. Uh, alternatively, if you did have to pick a solution, just borrow a page from law, just uh, apply the reasonableness standard. In law, at least here in California, we say, what would the reasonably prudent person do? What would a reasonable person do? Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm driving along and suddenly I see grandma or a group of school children cross in front of me, I will, by instinct, immediately swerve my car out of the way, even into a brick wall if necessary. I simply will not hit the pedestrians. I don't care who they are, what they look like, how old they are, or their number. So, uh, yeah, putting aside for a moment what I do believe to be a rather ridiculous, um, but admittedly valid academic question, this, this trolley paradox... I guess the concern in this article is that perhaps, um, well, to wrap up the quote by Ian Robertson, the uh, the board member at BMW, he says, you know, I don't think that situation will ever be allowed. This this question of you know, you know, programmatically, uh, you know, determining whether a car should hit one group or the other, he thinks that Rob, uh, regulators will step in and set boundaries, um, effectively limiting a tr- uh, autonomous cars to controlled environments like motorways only. So the implication here, as suggested by the article, is that really autonomous cars, at least those developed by BMW, will be very few and far between, or alternatively, to the extent that they are fully developed to be fully autonomous, that they will be, in fact, limited only to freeways. So on the one hand, this sounds a bit sort of disappointing. On the other hand, it's sort of a so what comment, isn't it? Because as I've said time and again, autonomous cars will roll out gradually in phases. I think absolutely initially in the beginning, autonomous cars will be or certainly should be restricted perhaps to um, certainly to freeways or at least even just dedicated lanes on freeways um, before little by little being rolled out on public roads. So uh, yeah, again, on the one hand, I think this is kind of a sort of a disappointing suggestion this article alternatively it's sort of a so what uh okay so they'll be initially rolled out on freeways big deal that's all right um if anyone has any insight or thoughts about where bmw is going with this beyond the discussion we've had in the past that obviously a fully autonomous bmw would sort of contradict their ultimate driving machine claim and of course similarly for all high performance automakers porsche ferrari lamborghini and so on you know um what do you think? If anyone has any insight about what BMW are on about, please do let me know. All right, so that's a wrap. Um, going forward, of course, I promise to maintain the twice-weekly running of this show. It could be Monday, Wednesdays. It could be Wednesdays, Fridays, or any combination thereof. Um, but yeah, meanwhile, just uh, keep track of things uh, through our new website at markhogue.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue. Uh, and of course, um, going up later today will be the first ever episode on YouTube. We don't have a dedicated YouTube channel yet because we need 30 subscribers for this. So hint, hint, please start subscribing so we can get that dedicated URL. Um, speaking of support, just please consider what I said at the start of this episode. Um, your support and contributions will be super helpful. Very much appreciated indeed. Again, you can pitch in at 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. This would be really awesome. If you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask me. You can do so through the website, the contact form, through email, through Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., etc. But uh, anyway, thank you so much again for listening. It's great to be back. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>